Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Darren, and you can find me on all social media at Darren Kirst. And welcome back. Today, we are talking about minute number 119. This minute's going to start out with uh, Batman being thrown by a parademon yet again. And uh, the minute's going to end with uh, Alfred seemingly to uh, be studying the results of Batman's new uh, absorbing gauntlets that he uh, got this uh, brilliant idea from someone. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. This is something... I think we talked about this... um before Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice even came out. And um, we're talking about Batman's gauntlets here that, that can absorb the, the, the heat. Um, and, and that when, when it was talked about that Batman would have this armored suit and that he would fight Superman in it, and obviously we knew the influence from um, The Dark Knight Returns, I was thinking, like, as a fan does about like oh there's like all that kryptonian armor and like um i think later on they 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 did that in spider-man homecoming where they were like taking the chitari armor and um the vulture was using it and stuff like that they did it in ultron too yes and so like the the idea that now that you have a shared universe and you can take parts from it literally take parts from another movie i kept thinking like well what about that kryptonian stuff you know like can batman if he's going to fight another Kryptonian, not just Kryptonite, but can he use the Kryptonian technology to to build something that would withstand um, the might of Superman? And and it's great that we see it here in this in this movie, especially the scene with Alfred and and, and um, uh, Diana in, in the Batcave, where they're talking about the gauntlet and talking about how it can uh, retain this amount of energy. Um, which is a fantastic scene to just detail how Batman would be able to fight aliens as part of the Justice League if they were to go um, interstellar and and, and go to Apocalypse at some point in in this universe, in this story. Um, This is a great moment here where we get to see that become a reality, where they are starting to use the Kryptonian technology to build it into his suit so that he can withstand... um, you know, obviously these, the, the parademon energy that, that's coming out of these rifles. So it is a great moment. I think it's fantastic to see it. Um, definitely makes makes it amazing for, um, for a Justice League Batman. And that's the thing. We're starting to see the beginnings of Justice League-style characters. Um, the beginning of this week, it was very, uh, you know, it was the start of a fight, but everything was, as Flash would say, not together. Um, so at least we see, I mean, it's, we're what, two, three minutes into, uh, now four minutes into the just beginning of this week. Um, Mm -hmm. and we're already starting to see hints of the togetherness and at least starting to see that the team is realizing that they need to be working together as well, or at least that they have the ability to, you know, they're, they're also realizing that they're not alone. Um, Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman's going to be a, a big part of that as well um, later on, but but yeah, it's it's this whole culmination of 
disaster that's happening and these, you know, heroes acting. Um, this is an excellent uh, Batman minute. Like, just... Yeah. It really yeah. is just a great, <laughs> great, great Batman minute. Um, but it, 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 it also shows off everybody else, you know? And this whole week has been showing everybody the pacing between characters is excellent. You know, you, you see that kind of stuff in, like, the way that, like, Hickman writes. Like, these team, uh, uh, you know, uh, team-up books and everything, it seems like you can really get lost in one story or one part of a story just overtaking everything else. You know, everything else just becomes side stories and whatnot. Um, yes, everybody is in the same place here. It is all the same battle. But so many other things are going on that it you could get lost, you know. A minute could go by in any moment here and you could forget that cyborg. Where where was cyborg, you know? We haven't really mm-hmm. seen it. We didn't see him last minute, so I was under the impression like, oh, I guess he's still with his dad or something. Um but no, we realize that he's taking action and getting everybody out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um Darren, what are your thoughts on today's Batman filled minute? Yeah, I'm with you guys. It was awesome. Uh you know, it kind of reminds me in a way of like when you mentioned like, the, you know, being all part of this team, right? And the, the, the cohesiveness and you're starting to see like the, you know, you're starting to see it come together like that. What's really cool is Batman really is like the underdog and their team is like an underdog in a sense, right? And even though like, you know, I like to use sports analogies, for, for instance, like when I think of underdogs in sports, everybody loves to see the underdog win, Right. And sometimes you you might be facing a challenge that, you know, might be super, super difficult, right? Like the other, the opponent might be stronger or faster or whatever, but you find a way, right? And it's cool to see Batman, yeah, he gets tossed around, he gets beat up a little bit, but he finds a way to do it. And that moment, just that roundhouse kick and and the actual, to see the parademon actually go splat on the ground was just really funny too. Yeah, I think it's a very cathartic minute here where... Um, even like my favorite part is the, is the grappling gun itself. Um, it's, it's forced out of Batman's hand. It falls into focus for the camera. The Batman and the parademon continue to fight in the background. They're out of focus. The focus is still just on the grappling gun that's starting to fall off the edge. And then as Batman gets thrown towards it and then having to reach for it and grab it in time, that whole moment to me is cathartic in that way where it's like it's kind of bliss once he's able to grab it and be like, oh, he did catch it in time. And and then obviously the payoff is that he gets a um, he has a w- advantage against the parademon um, into the next room. But that whole moment of orchestrating the visual for that and, and to have the audience focus on this gun and then see this Batman fall forward into into the frame and then grab it it's like there is a payoff there uh with the tension and then and then there's victory afterwards it just it from Zack Snyder the way he's able to storyboard these action sequences to have that tension and then have that release it's like oh so well done yeah it's such a good job so Um, there's a there's a motion that I want to talk about in that exact moment um and it is as Batman is um he gets the grapple gun knocked out of his hand, and it's all out of focus. What puts him in focus is a toss over to the direction of, of the, the grapple gun that's hanging on the ledge. Um, but the motion of Batman and the animation of this 
caped crusader being thrown uh, is really cool, um, especially just by how, like, the silhouette of what it is. Um, and it's this Batman that flies uh, hands, hands forward. He did it in Dawn of Justice, um, and it was a really cool moment. It was when uh, Doomsday is, is chasing him through the buildings, and he gets on, like, a fire escape, and he just instinctively smoke grenades, jumps. Smoke grenade dives. Um, but, like, that motion of this gadget-using Batman that we know, especially from video games, even um, Injustice, you know, th- this motion of how this, like, hand-to-hand combat gadget character with a cape looks, and then when he flies hands forward, it, I don't know, it just makes sense to me. It looks really cool. Um, it feels just very much so, like, comics. Um, it looks like a panel. It does look like somebody drew like a caped figure kind of flying hands forward. It looks almost cartoony, but with the mindset of it being like a, a man being thrown or him diving, um, it just makes it all all the better for me visually. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like um, I, I'm glad you you mentioned Injustice because there's there's a lot of that that anytime I've watched um, this scene uh, whether it's Wonder Woman, Steppenwolf, or whether it's Batman, the Parademon, there's always like those little action bits. And I, I think it's because of the catwalk. I think it's because of these narrow lanes that make it feel more like a 2D fighter, um, like Injustice or Mortal Kombat. And so you see like the way that he um, grapples in, in like kind of a linear line. He kicks this Parademon out into the next stage and then does a roundhouse kick. Again, they're on like this linear path and then. Of course, Parademon has nowhere to go but down because um, the, their wings don't work anymore. And so then they splat on the ground. And it just feels like that feels like a video game. And again, we've talked about it before, but when Zack Snyder did Sucker Punch, it was like he was influenced by video games. And it always feels that way where it's like if you make it feel like a video game, you're going to enjoy it like as if you were the one playing that character right there. And so... Um, you know it's stuff like this that makes me want to replay the Arkham games and stuff like that and like the warehouse scene or or even the Batman with Robert Pattinson um in the in the Iceberg Lounge it's like moments like that it's like that feels really good and now I want to go play those games again because Mm -hmm. you just want to be the Batman for a moment when you see something that cool um so yeah it's a fantastic uh just a fantastic moment with the Parademon and Batman. Um, good use the of the level transition, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get the stage trans- transition. So, uh, again, just like, uh, just like those NetherRealm games. Um, the, the, the moment here with, with Flash as he's uh, trying to escort people. Or he's trying to help. Let's just put it that way. He's trying to help. Um, again, again, we have uh, a good speedster moment here he's he's you know being using the speed force but he's not really helping anyone um what are your guys' thoughts on on the flash here trying to be helpful i just feel like he doesn't know what, he doesn't know what he's doing you know when you're in the when you're in the middle of a you know very stressful situation like that and he's very new to this sort of thing you, you start to you, you kind of see that he's not like a seasoned superhero yet you know you still see him He's still early on in that development stage. He's he's scared. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he just he doesn't really know what to do. And, and you can uh, one thing that I guess that so to me 
was like an opinion of mine for like a you know at the creative choice of using the blue lightning. I mean, mm. it works for me, and it, it kind of ties back to Watchmen too, which I, with Doctor Manhattan, which is really fun. Uh, mm. Obviously, since you know uh, his father in the movie is literally the same actor, right, Billy Crudup. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's really yeah. fun connection. But uh, I guess I, I want to ask you guys. I don't know if you've mentioned it yet, but what are your thoughts on the choice of using the blue lightning instead of the traditional yellow lightning? Um, I don't really think I necessarily had a problem with it. Um, if I'm contradicting myself from what I've said on an earlier episode or anything, I apologize, but I really don't think, um, I cared. I know that we talked about the difference in Flash's lightning versus like, uh, cause there's lightning emanating off of Steppenwolf's, uh, axe. Um, so I do know that we had and have had conversations about it, um, I think it's just like in universe. Uh, I I really don't care. Even watching like you know, even watching the Flash and how they tried to play play it off with that. But I, it's whatever you know. Whatever idea you want to do, like go for it. That's cool. You know, if it comes down to you know, well the suit discharges it differently and it changes the color. Okay, yeah. it's a comic book. Like yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess that's how you're just gonna retcon something instead of like giving me in-universe, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it kind of goes either way. It's like you're either going to retcon it or you're, like, going to explain it in a way that makes it sound extremely believable. Um, and I kind of think they just kind of took the middle ground with this one. But in regards to the blue lightning, I have no problem with it. I think it fits the tone of this very well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of silly that, like, it's obvious, like, he has yellow lightning bolts like on the suit and it makes you wonder like well why is it blue lightning it maybe it could have someone been scientific and been like it's really not going to be yellow like lightning lightning's not yellow dude it's blue like you can in a cartoon it's yellow and maybe that's why you put it on the suit but in real life it's blue you know there's so many so there's a lot of there's a lot of things to talk about with this one um first of all i think when it comes to comic book fans they tend to create these um, debates that don't necessarily need to happen <laughs> where it's like, I, I think, you know, we, uh, we, we're forced to talk about it now, but even when we talk about Superman wearing red trunks or not, it doesn't matter to me whether Superman has, you know, the red trunks on his blue suit or not. And I think it's become another conversation where, you're either for it or you're against it. And it's like, if you're, you know, it, it, some people say it's too silly. Some people say Superman looks weird if he doesn't have it. And it's like, it, it really doesn't matter to me. Come, come the next Superman movie, you know, you probably will have the red trunks, but it's never bothered me enough to, to care. Like if Man of Steel had come out and that suit had red trunks, it wouldn't have, it, it wouldn't have um, changed anything the way I feel about the movie because the the movie itself is is what made it and right. um um I, i've never i've never really questioned a superman suit uh in any show or or any iteration because i just i, I i've always been able to see the iconography of it mm-hmm. and so um much like the superman suit when it comes to the flash and the blue lightning and the yellow lightning um I think that was, yeah, once people started bringing it up and being like, oh, it, well, it shouldn't be blue, it should be yellow. It was the first time I was like, I didn't even, I didn't know that was a problem people had with the movie. Yeah. Uh, so 
Um, I always thought the, the blue lightning was just, it's fine the way it is. Um, and then now more recently, uh, Stephen M. Colbert, who, who does, um, BVS by the minute, um, he brought up recently, um, there was a, there was, there was a thing about Kenobi being filmed digitally. And, and as we know, Zack Snyder likes to film, uh, his movies on actual film. And so that's why Dr. Manhattan looks so good. Um, in Watchmen is because it was filmed on film and so they can use blue lights in a way that digital photography cannot otherwise it, it, it kind of um, it bleeds out um, throughout the rest of, of the image and so to have Flash here being filmed on film and to have blue lightning I think it's almost like well, I mean, you would you wouldn't be able to do it any other way uh, or any other time if if someone else decided to film digitally. And I think, I think the Flash movie was filmed digitally, whereas this one was on film. And something I know that they do in, in this movie is that they do have lights on set. Yeah. That will pop straight. Yeah. Yeah. They they would strobe effects in, so it's not just CGI of like all right, Barry or Ezra, stand here. Now go stand up there. Now go stand there, and we'll do it all in post. Um, there are strobe effects on set. And so if it's blue lights, this is the only time you'd be able to do it. It's because they're filming on film. So it's important that that you get to do it and do it correctly. Um, and I don't know if, if they did that on, on The Flash, because if so, then it would, it would look weird, um, like it did on Kenobi. And... Um, but then, yeah, like you said, Nate, they they do kind of retcon it in a way where the suit changes the lightning, and when he's out of the suit, he goes back to blue lightning in the Flash movie, and it's a very interesting choice, and I, I guess that's a way to make both people happy. But I, that's really what I think of what it came down to. It's like I, I guess, yeah, sure, I'm fine with it. I really, I don't, I don't care, you know. But I, it, I, and to go what Darren is saying, I, I think. It, I think the blue lightning matches the aesthetic because um, this whole, um, I mean, this movie and Dawn of Justice, which I think the Doomsday Lightning was white. It was pure white. Whereas Ezra, Barry Allen was, was blue. So they, they do make a conscious effort to to, to notate that it's a blue lightning for, for, for Barry. Um and here, I mean, it just matches the aesthetic, the tone. We have cool, dark colors throughout this scene, throughout the scene that we've been talking about with you and with our past guests last week. Um, we need cool, dark colors. We, if, we, if we use yellow, warm lightning like Steppenwolf, it's too similar to matches too much, and it doesn't keep the, the design of this Justice League. So I think the blue lightning is a correct choice and I think with the use of film I think this is the only time you would be able to do it correctly um, but I also don't know why I have to defend that <laughs> <laughs> that's fair you know and sort of that is going to dawn on me uh, as we're talking about this and this is maybe a crazy theory I don't know but to me you know like like uh, you mentioned earlier about like how lightning in real light like in the sky you know is blue right mm-hmm. like when you see yeah. like images of it you know like National Geographic right so yeah. To me, it almost kind of seems like, I mean, you know, Doomsday doesn't have blue lightning, right? Steppenwolf, like in this scene here, you can even see 
he, he has a, a yellowish kind of lightning energy to him, right? The mm-hmm. parademons, when they shoot out those energy blasts, those aren't blue, right? Those are more of a yellow, right? Or an orange. To me, maybe it's just because, you know, when you're on Earth, it's blue. But if you're from another world, you know, maybe 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 there's some truth to that. Maybe that it's different color because they're from a different world. You know, Superman yeah. has the red beams coming from his eyes. They're not blue, right? right. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just a crazy thought. No, I, I really, I, th- I think that's probably the, the closest to the explanation that we're going to get. It, it kind of just really just makes sense. It's like, well, yeah, no, lightning's blue and white. Like, yeah, I don't know it, who decided to make it yellow. Whatever, like, you know, it's like, it's just because maybe you know, you yeah, couldn't, you couldn't draw it with with a crayon, you know, or or whatever. Comic um, books they had to have yellow lightning. It's, it's just they are yellow, right? It's the internet. Who? Who decided lightning should be yellow? Let's find out. I don't know because if it like goes back down to like <laughs> just like the idea of who decided of light, yellow lightning of just illustrating light. Okay, so you got fire, you got torches, and then you could get into like incandescent light bulbs, and they all have like yellow orange hues to them. Yeah. So was that just people going like, oh, lightning? <sighs> Thanks. Guess, Tom I, Edison. guess I just gotta draw a yellow zigzag. Like <laughs> now we're going back to the Tesla of of blue yeah. blue lightning. So. We're taking it back. We're taking, if anything, we're taking the color back. Yeah. Um, I would like to see Flash comic books where it's just blue lightning. And maybe, maybe you already I know. I mean, there are. Yeah. I figured. I figured there's some already out there, but. Even when you go back into the 90s when you had blue Flash and people <laughs> didn't bat an eye at that. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, cool. Blue. From the future. Yeah. Dope. Got a triangle on his head. I think it, yeah, it, it may be that it, it, it stems from people wanting to criticize these DC films in ways that, that doesn't matter. Um, like I said, Superman not wearing the red trunks, um, uh, a, a, a Batman that's lost his way branding people and, and is letting them die, um, the Flash with blue lightning, um, so much. There's so, many, there's so many things people decide that they're going to have an issue with these movies and why they're not good. And it becomes reasons like this that don't matter. Yeah. Uh, and it, or if anything, it's preferential, and it still doesn't matter. Uh, but it's it's like, this is good. This is really good stuff. And um, I mean, even if the the Flash's lightning was red, like, what if his lightning was red? I'd be I'd still be like, I mean, that looks like the Flash to me. He's red, right? So it makes like, if they decided anything, I'd, I'd always be like. Hey, it works for me. I'm, you know, the overall story is working out great for me. So, yeah. um, you know, you know, you yeah. say that. I think in Smallville, uh, I think it was early on season four when it's actually Bart Allen uh, in that iteration, oh. and, and they they couldn't. I don't think they could technically use the term Flash, so he was Impulse, right? Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of of that episode, you know, they could do that classic like race thing, right? You know, catch me, you know, if you catch me, I'll think about it, and then. They take off, and of course, Clark, he's wearing a blue shirt, so he's, you know, blue, right? And Bart is wearing, like, a red sweatshirt, so his is, is actually red in yeah, that yeah. moment. So that's kind of interesting. That's the only that's the only instance I can think of that it's red. Red streak kind of thing. Kind of goes back to, like, um, Kingdom Come, Flash, Mercury, whatever he was at that mm-hmm. at that point, mm-hmm. when it was just, you know, not nonstop running. Central City, yeah. safest place in the, on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. The fact, Stop. the fact that we're like talking about the color of lightning for like how long yeah. is just incredible. 
So <laughs> that's the welcome to the show. That's, that's what happened. I mean, but then it was the same discourse on Twitter, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, when people were getting all up in a hissy. But I, I like, like to what think, are you talking about? I like to think people do that even when they're making the movie. Like, I'm sh- is anyone are they having these conversations when they're making the movie and they're color correcting things and they're going, Zach, they have a reason be. why you want a blue. Yeah. And then Jeff Johns walks in the room. He's like, it should be yellow. And then like, are they? You look at Jeff like an idiot. Be like, go show me yellow lightning. Go. <laughs> I, I dare you. <laughs> go find me yellow lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And bring it back. Um, but yeah, so, um, that's it for me on this one. I don't know if you guys have any other notes to talk about, but, uh, I would love to hear, actually, I don't want to hear about lightning conversations from Twitter. <laughs> uh, I think I've heard it enough. <laughs> The Flash movie, you can watch it now, and it has both colors. You get yeah. to enjoy. You can enjoy both. Enjoy all the Batman that you want as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, no, that's uh, that's going to do it for me. I do remember, I think I talked about uh, this minute in particular last week. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I do remember referencing Flash running up the stairs. Um, kind of just like helping out but not helping out just kind of you know run, just running up the stairs i have no idea what we were talking about but i remember referencing it so now i'm just full circle uh this is that minute in reference so uh yeah yes that's it. <laughs> I, we were talking what we were talking about is i think him trying to be helpful in a way mm-hmm. um and and um um i think it was more about like seeing what the flash can do and it's just it was about moving people and it's like, you can't touch people. Right. Cause we yeah. were talking about the flash and it's like, we, we've seen what happens when you move someone too quickly and he doesn't know how to do that just yet. So he's kind of just like, uh, are you, do you need help? Can I get you up the stairs? Like, cause it's like the flash, if he wanted to, could, could just move everyone up there. But then it'd be like a, it'd be a bad situation. So he's kind of just like, I don't know how to help you without, grabbing you and moving you up the stairs very quickly so um so he can't he just doesn't do it he's not there yet so all right well we're gonna wrap up for today if you've enjoyed today's show please consider leaving us a five-star review it really does help the show and helps new listeners discover the show as well if you'd like to join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter at dceu minute And if you'd like bonus content, we have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you here next time on DC Cinematic Minute.